welcome to. Nope. 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 That's our it? other one. It's hello and welcome to I'm a Sophisticated. Oh, I so say the whole you... thing. Yes, yes. <laughs> Why? Because that's how we've been doing it for a year. I want to change it. <laughs> we can give it a shot. <laughs> hello and welcome to. I'm a Sophisticated and so can you. The show that engages with the canon so that you don't have to. I'm one of your hosts, Sydney. And I am another one of your hosts, Anthony. And... <laughs> I just made us change the intro, um, and it's we're seeing how it feels. Oh, you think I'm not leaving most of that in? Oh, no, I hope you are. I always want you to leave more, like, bullshit. Yeah, I know you do, <laughs> and I have been. Okay, great, yeah. Okay, so today we're talking about... Goonies <laughs> and Gremlins. We're giving ourselves a little bit of a palate cleanser because we just came off of a huge Dolly Parton project that we did a really good job on, but uh, we just wanted to give ourselves something pretty quick and easy really i just thought it would be funny to do both of these at the same time because the thing that i have been pretending about both of them is that i know the difference so as soon as we watch one of them like the second one's going to be less interesting to me (laughs) sure 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 sure. so i think i think this is the best educational format for me certainly to do them both at once yeah i agree I think we should just mention that Dolly Parton released a song today. That's true. Dolly Parton we, did. We release might have a song to come today. back. It'll probably be a part of some other future episode. Mm-hmm. But we, it sounds like she's teasing an album, and we might have to um, let you know how that goes because it sounds like it's like a little bit political, mm-hmm. but in a more leftier way. Yeah, so. she released the cover, and it's her with an eye patch, and it's called Rockstar. Yeah, she's got a fashion patch. Yeah, it's pretty like Ren Fair chic yeah yeah like old pirate vibes yes yeah that being said goonies and yes what we're actually talking about okay so one of them i think is little creatures yes both of them are creatures no unless you count a gaggle of children as little creatures okay so the other one is maybe sport that's the sandlot Yes, that is the Sandlot. Okay, so which also for some reason kind of sound, but I think I have seen the Sandlot, but that mm-hmm. for some reason sounds to me like Gremlins. Okay, there's something like grimy and like like it could be a portal to a Muppet universe to me about the Sandlot. Sure. Are the Gremlins Muppets? I think they might be Henson creatures. I'm picturing Furbies. Yeah, that's a pretty good image. In okay, your head. so maybe I just don't know what Goonies is at all, and I just think it's also Gremlins. Okay, well, I guess we're starting with Gremlins. Yeah, the things I know is that the creatures look like Furbies. I believe they are made by the Henson Company. You no, don't I... get them wet. Don't get them wet. Okay. And don't feed them after midnight. Oh, okay. That's and, them. And the it's not the Sandlot that you don't get wet. <laughs> Yes, that's correct. The Sandlot has the quote-unquote man-eating dog and the baseball signed by Babe Ruth. It's a very different movie from Gremlins. The Sandlot is baseball. Yeah. What is football? You thinking of Rudy? No. Little Giants. Yes. Little Giants is great. Looking back on it, I was Uh, pretty obsessed with it. I loved Little Giants. I know it doesn't seem like it because I just mixed it up with three other things, but I I did like it. Now I'm not sure that I've seen the Sandlot. Little Giants is the soft butch representation for children that we really were missing. It really is. I liked it and I liked that there was a a butch in it as a child. I I felt represented by that. Mm -hmm. But I do think it it's one of the first disappointments I remember of being like, why is there only one girl? There's just always only one girl. Mm-hmm. Like every story only needs one girl. 
Yeah. Like that's like one of the first times I really remember noticing that and being like, how come there's like types of boys, but every girl is just girl. Yeah. Although Icebox isn't slash Becky isn't just girl. And that's kind of the point, right? Yeah. But doesn't she have like a glow up where she turns kind of femmy and like, she does. And she's like, I'm a cheerleader. And then she's like, fuck this. No, I'm a fullback. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess she's like, I'm a fullback, but my name is Becky. Yeah. All right. I mean, it's still like Siobhan Roy is not just a girl. No. But the story still only needs one girl. That's true. Kira Knightley in the Pirates. Mm hmm. It's not this. She's like a pretty remarkable girl. She's the only one. Still only need one. And I think that is also the configuration of Gremlins. And I don't know if there are any girls in Goonies. There might be. Definitely. Any kids movie that doesn't have the Olsen twins in it is probably only going to have one girl. Yeah, that's true. Or now and then. But that was like a big deal about now and then. Mm-hmm. That's like why people our age loved it. Because it's like the only time there were four whole girls in one movie. What? Yeah. We sat through all that boring adult stuff just to be like, oh my God, girls talking to each other. Christina Ricci playing a soft butch. Yeah. Again, soft butch representation. Yeah. So okay. what do you know about Gremlins other than that? I, I've told you everything that I know. The you only don't other get thing- them wet and maybe they're Goonies and they're not the Sandlot. And I, and, and maybe, they're, maybe they're Jim Henson creatures that look a little like Furbies. Are there caves or that's Dark Crystal only? I think that's Dark Crystal. I think the Gremlins are pets. Oh, they're not like, you don't like go to another like gremlin area. No, I think they're like weird pets that people have. Okay. Like a lot of people in this society have, they're like a normalized, I assume they were like a secret like E.T., but like a whole society of them. I don't, I know there's more than one gremlin. No, I know. But like, I thought it was like a a kid, a kid secret, like Lion, the Witch, in the Wardrobe, I guess is a better comparison. Like you like go to like the area, the like realm of the gremlins and only the kids know about it. And it's not like a normal part of suburban life. No, I think it's like suburban family gets a gremlin pet hijinks and Sue. And the gremlin's name is Gizmo. And now we have reached the but end like, of my But like this is a species that is known to exist in this world. I think so. Like their neighbors are like, oh, you got one of those. Yeah, I think so. And they're the not reason- like, what the fuck? Yes. And okay. I think so. And the reason you don't get them wet or feed. No, the reason you don't feed them after midnight is because they turn into monsters. Okay. They go from being cute to being like. See, I thought they turn into monsters when you get them wet. Might be both. Okay. Okay. So the Goonies, I think, I think I don't know. I think I know not one single thing. It's not a sport. No. What else could children possibly get up to besides discovering secret monsters and playing a sport? Uh, Hunting for pirate treasure on the Oregon coast is the answer. Maybe that's where I got that about the gremlins. Maybe. Maybe that is the one thing that I know about Goonies is that it's like a kid's secret alternative universe. It's not an alternative universe. It is... I don't know why this is coming to mind because I haven't seen this movie, but it's like Stand By Me, but instead of looking for a dead body, they're looking for a pirate treasure. Oh, but they don't find any pirate treasure. Oh, they do find pirate treasure. Okay, so, but that's what I mean. Like, Uh, that is magical. Like, it's a, like, generally what I mean is there is, there's a place where magic has touched this world that kids discover that grownups don't know about. Maybe. I don't know if it's magical, but it's definitely weird. I don't think there's pirate treasure on the Oregon we might be splitting we might be splitting hairs here. So Goonies I have technically been present for, but okay. I was I think I tried to show it to my sister when she was five and I was like, Oh, Goonies, I've heard of this. It's a classic kids movie. My sister should really enjoy it. Cause I was 
put in charge of babysitting my five-year-old sister when I was 13, and I wasn't super good at it. <laughs> and my sister at five was just like such a busy child and just yeah, like so... it sounds like she was kind of a difficult child and you were not like a natural camp counselor type that is very true at that age yeah so she just like was not paying attention and it was i was uncannily talented at five-year-olds when i was a teen i really don't know where i got it from that's pretty impressive no i was i was not a natural caregiver i'm good with kids now yeah i wasn't good with kids then yeah so it was on, and I have these moments in my head that I remember. The Truffle Shuffle is obviously famous. Okay. And I do know that the pirate whose treasure they are seeking is named One-Eyed Willie, which is a funny dick joke to put in a kid's movie and make them say a bunch of times. Ma'am, I'm so sorry, but that is magical realism. <laughs> you can't convince me that this story where there's actual pirates and pirate treasure in Oregon, that is some Captain Hook shit. It, they're not living pirates. It's like an old, old pirate uh, one, ship they don't, wrecked. They don't meet One-Eyed Willie. No, 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 no. An old okay. pirate ship wrecked off the, I think it's the Oregon coast, like 200 years ago and the treasure's been lost. And so they like go to an underground cave system and find the okay. buried treasure. Okay. There's also some like weird, creepy adults. And I believe a slide is involved at some point. That's, I'm really like plumbing the depths of my knowledge here. Um, but I do remember it being like very much a romp. Okay. So, is Gremlins a romp? Gremlins is billed as like a family horror comedy, so I don't know what. Is it going to be like Labyrinth? That's probably a decent comp. I don't okay. know pacing wise if it's going to be like Labyrinth, but I think tonally that's probably a decent comp. Okay. I say having never seen it. Yeah, I didn't love Labyrinth, but it's not annoying. Yeah, I mean, my biggest... <laughs> to me to watch such a program. The biggest complaint that I have about Labyrinth is not the tone, it's the pacing. There are just some scenes that are so glacially slow. Yeah. But if they can solve that problem, then we're good. Yeah, I mean, I think... I feel like there was this time in filmmaking where puppet creatures were just, like, interesting on their own. It's mm -hmm. like, just look at what we built, which I guess is kind of wholesome. That is true. I do feel like, I don't know when exactly Gremlins came out, if it was the 80s or 90s, but I do feel like by the time they did Muppet Christmas Carol, they had really cracked like, oh, it's important. Keep it that, moving. Yeah, it's yes. important that the movie be paced well. Yeah, Muppet Christmas Carol is a, a perfect film. Yeah, free recommendation from us here at I'm a Sophisticated Joke, so can you go watch Muppet Christmas Carol if you What's haven't. the one Muppets in Space? I've never seen Muppets That's, in Space. I know because it was on the whiteboard when we used to have movies to watch on the whiteboard mm -hmm. because I was like, you guys need to see Muppets in Space. It's my favorite Muppet movie. I would love to see it to see the planet of Gonzo's. Yeah. As a non-binary person with a cat named Gonzo, it feels really important no, that I we mean, watch I Muppets th in I Space. I think that's part of what I love about it is that it's Gonzo's story. Mm -hmm. That's another recommend. So I'll, I'm, I guess I'll just see. I'll, I'll let you know if I like either Gremlins or Goonies better than Muppets, better than my memory of Muppets in Space. Sounds good. Well, anything else we want to guess about these movies? Do you think you're going to like them? Uh, not especially. I think I'm going to be not at all like put off yeah. by anything in them. I, I might be put off sometime. I had a really bad time in The Dark Crystal. Okay. <laughs> like Labyrinth turned out fine, but I was nervous about it because sometimes hens and critters are gross. Sure. So I guess there's like an outside chance of that. But I, I think it's just going to be like like a fun, nostalgic time. Like, is it going to be like meh or like meh? Yeah, I think it's going to be hard to hate. 
Yeah, totally. Uh, but I think you're right that it's also probably going to be hard to love because these are movies for kids and we're coming to them in the first time in our 30s. Well, and I and I and, I'm, and I don't think there's going to be any girls. <laughs> I'm or not enough girls. I'm I, pretty I think, sure there's no girls in goodies. Yeah, I'm expecting to say I had a perfectly fun time. Go watch Muppets in Space and it takes two. <laughs> Great. Well, we'll go away. And when we come back, we will let you know what we think. Okay, we're back. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> yeah. So we definitely went and we watched these movies. Oh, we sure did. We watched all two of them. <laughs> we watched all two of them. And we watched them back to back in two days. I guess let's start with Gremlins because I had an initial thought. And tell me if you agree with this. Some movies mm. are unenjoyable because they're dated. <laughs> sure. Some movies are not enjoyable because they're poorly made. Okay. And some movies are not enjoyable because they seem tailor-made in a laboratory to make a specific person uncomfortable. And I feel like that was your experience <laughs> watching <laughs> Yeah, watching Gremlins. Tell me if I'm wrong. No, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is exactly right. It's like, what are things I dislike? Christmas. <laughs> yes. First of all, Christmas, Christmas movie. Unexpected um, Christmas movie. Um, wet puppets. Yes. They're so moist. <laughs> so moist. Textures, uncomfortable textures, and like gloops, like practical gloops. Mm-hmm. Like I do miss puppets. Like I think, I feel like we talked about this in Star Wars. Like in some ways I feel like computers ruined like effects. Mm-hmm. Even though they're like really good now. It's like... I don't know. It's still just not as fun sometimes. Yeah. But there's a lot of gloops and, and textures that that that's okay. It's They can just be in the computer. We can never make those potions. And yeah. also there are cute critters who are in peril the whole time. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's probably the biggest one. I would like to just clarify. I don't hate Christmas. As the only non-Jew in this household. I don't hate Christmas. I just hate Christmas-related media. Sure. <laughs> Of any kind. Christmas is something you do for yourself and for your family privately in your home. <laughs> yeah. And maybe maybe with like the lights on your house. Mm-hmm. You don't enforce the music on other people. I don't inherently like Die Hard was fine. I don't inherently hate it as a setting if it's going to like raise the stakes of something. But I hate it as a, um, a story theme. Sure. I think anytime you introduce Christmas everything becomes precious and maudlin and artificially like performatively goodwilled sure although there wasn't a lot of that happening in this movie because one thing that this movie is is totally uncharacterizable like yes okay what the wait, fuck yes, was that this is what movie? i was going back to my number one discomfort in this is that there i couldn't tell i couldn't interpret like is this camp is it horror is it children? Is it Christmas? Like, it's, it, yes. The answer is yes. Yeah. But to your point about the cute critters, there are cute critters and there are evil critters. And sometimes it's unclear who's who. Mm-hmm. And what, what I'm supposed to feel, like, I feel pretty uncomfortable anytime there are creatures on screen at all because I'm mm-hmm. worried for their safety. Right. But, like, I was fine in Alien. Because that was a mean creature. Yeah. And I knew that. Right. 
Although the cat was the situation. The cat was, yes. But you did turn to me halfway through and you're like, you need to tell me right now if this cat survives. Oh, I think I turned to you seven minutes in. <laughs> sure. Yes. And said that. Yes. <laughs> that is true. Because that cat is introduced early. That's true. That yes. cat is a final girl. <laughs> that cat is a final girl. Yes. I just didn't know if I was supposed to be rooting for these guys. It was hard for me to root against them, even when they turned evil because they mm-hmm. had been cute. And, like, they were still kind of cute. In, like, a gross, creepy way? Yeah. I need more cues to tell me yeah. how to feel. I felt like like the way that what I love about Pixar movies is that it just really, like, holds your hand about, like, how you're supposed to feel the entire time. Like, is it manipulative? Sure. Yeah. But, like, it's clear. Yeah. And um, effective. Mm-hmm. Like they really they really work it out to where it's like you're going to feel what you're supposed to. Or I am. Yeah. I feel completely at their mercy. Yeah. But also really well taken care of. This movie was the opposite of that to me. Yes. It was like this is cocaine chaos. Yes. This movie is very cokey. Very cokey. Very scattered. But not completely. Okay. So whereas like in a David Lynch movie. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know. You feel you feel however you want to feel. Like, yeah. I just did this and you figure it out. It also didn't feel like that. It felt like there was some code I was supposed to crack into this man's brain. This and man being Chris Columbus. Yes, and that code is cocaine. Yes, uh, cocaine. So this is going to come up later, but we found out after scheduling these two movies for the same episode that Chris Columbus wrote both of these movies and he wrote them back to back. Yeah. Which is wild because they are very different. Yeah. Um, well, but in but some also ways, kind of exactly very the, the same. same. Yeah. As soon as we were watching one of them, I was like, I know, I do not feel bad at all for thinking these were the same thing. Yeah. So in that way, this podcast is working. Like, I feel freed from my shame. Yeah. I don't know if I needed to watch both of these movies. <laughs> yeah. But if that's how I needed to learn that I could stop pretending that I know the difference and just mm-hmm. be like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, and we <laughs> I feel comfortable saying now that we can really emotionally put Chris Columbus out on the ice flow, so to speak. Yeah. Like I think I've gotten anything I'm going to get from him with Home Alone and everything else he touches is either deranged or mediocre. Yeah, Home Alone also as a Christmas movie, I think is pretty solid. Yeah. And Home Alone does sort of touch on the themes. Mm-hmm. But I think it's only in the way that, like, uh, a family movie would anyway. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, it is at Christmas, but it's just, it's the same thing as Homeward Bound or a Pixar movie or any mm-hmm. of those things. So I don't, I'm I'm okay. I'm okay with Home Alone. And I'm going to say that a big part of the difference is John Hughes. <laughs> yes, I was going to say Chris Columbus didn't write Home Alone. He just directed it. So yeah. John Hughes has, he certainly has a subtler touch than Chris Columbus. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if subtle is... Yeah, I don't know if that's the first thing. He's not subtle. He's <laughs> subtler, which yeah, is important. Yeah, well, and and I don't know. He get he gets me. He gets me more. Yeah. John Hughes is never going to write a character whose trauma is her dad got stuck in the chimney. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to surprise everyone for Christmas and wasn't found for oh five God. days. She started that story. <laughs> 
I'm about to get us so canceled. She started that story and I was like, she's like, I hate Christmas. If you'd been through what I've been through or something like she really teased it up. Like, like the female I still, teenage lead of this movie. I still have nightmares. And I was like, well, okay, here, co- here comes a rape story. And then, and I also was like, what's the one thing this movie hasn't done? Uh, some molestation yeah yeah, like, yeah 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 and then and 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 then she starts the story she's like i like i remember it like it was like i still have flashbacks or something something really like it was christmas morning like let me set the scene and i was like okay yes for your rape and then she tells the story she tells her dad climbs down the chimney dressed as santa claus gets stuck and isn't found for five days and is only discovered after he starts to smell okay but that's not how she tells it she tells it like he abandoned them at christmas and i was like oh okay it's not a rape it's just like her family was ruined because her dad's a deadbeat and then she's like and then we started getting this weird smell and i was like what like is he dead somewhere He's dead in the chimney. He's dead in the chimney. Because he was trying to come down as Santa Claus, which is uh, just the most deranged thing I've, like. That's the most deranged thing I've what, ever heard. And then, as you pointed out, like, how is this a secret? Right. They lit, This is a small town, a tiny town. Yes. And this person has been living here her whole life. Like, everyone knows everyone. Like, people pass each other on the street and say hello first and last. Yes, exactly. There are not a lot of storefront. There's like a town square, a couple blocks of stores, and then people's houses. Like the kid works at the bank. Yes, exactly. And yet no one knows this deeply traumatic thing about her family. (laughs) Or no one saw him go in. Like, uh, I've never heard anyone try to use that as a family tragedy before. And I think there's a reason. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, no one's dad does that. Like, if you're really being thorough, you throw some rocks at the roof, mm-hmm. and then you sneak in the back door and over to the fireplace. Yes, yes, because the button on that was, and that's how I learned there's no such thing as Santa Claus. <laughs> I was like, why did you throw, th- you didn't need to also say that. I thought that was a given. Yeah. Well, and also she started it with when with being nine, which is like pretty old. Yeah. I, I had to be told at nine that there was no Santa Claus. Okay. I, I think I think this intellectually gonna, I knew, but yes, I had some magical a, a, a sidebar, but I, I, I used to have this argument with my ex a lot. It's like, but did you really think that? Like, did you really honestly think it? I think I really hoped it. Let's put it that way. So we should just say in a sentence what this movie is about. So a man who is an inventor, which... Sidebar, really thought that was going to be more of a career thing, at least oh, for me. <laughs> yes, yes. We talked about this, like the way that kids movies were in the 80s and 90s. Like I really thought Inventor was like a job. Yes, yeah, you could like grow up to do. Yeah, between 80s movies and, and then, Rugrats. Like, some people, yeah, some people would choose to do that. And like fucking uh, Beauty and the Beast. Yes. Which I guess is almost an 80s movie. Yeah, that's true. It's like 1991. Like it was across like seriousnesses. Of movies. There were always dads that were inventors. <laughs> yes, this is true. <laughs> always dads. Always dads. Never moms. Yeah. Women don't invent things. But dads do, but they're usually like kind of bad at it, but they just yes. choose to do it anyway. Like, yes. I guess that's just like what engineers are. I guess. But it's like their version of inventing like, cool. is like, what if instead of a fly swatter, I attach four fly swatters to a drill and then we just yeah. see what happens? Yeah. It's like, what if inventing was bad ideas yes 
Like, like the, that's like I just I don't think I understood from movies that like inventing is about having good ideas. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and this is just like what I just spent like three thousand dollars machining parts for this insane thing. Like this is a bathroom pocket knife. Yes. The bathroom buddy is the one is yes. the main one in Gremlins. Yes. And it can't stop spitting textures. Yes, toothpaste and shaving cream. Well, uh, <laughs> but like film toothpaste and yes. film shaving cream. Like straight into which people's are mouths. Wetter. Yes, this is true. <laughs> this failed inventor winds up in Chinatown. Chinatown of what city? It is unclear. Where is any of this? Where it is, is a place where the snow falls like spray paint. <laughs> sure. I think that's his, it is the town he lives in. Spray paint, yes, yes. which is Culver City. <laughs> yes, for sure. Chinatown, Culver City. Yeah, he goes into the shop in Chinatown, which is, imagine in your mind, every stereotype of a Chinese, like an old Chinese man in a movie. The weirder ones. Yes. Think of the weirder stereotypes. Not yeah. Chinese American. No. Chinese. Yes. That is basically what's happening. And inside this store that is literally billed as a quote unquote junk store, there is a tiny creature called a mogwai voiced by Howie Mandel. Howie Mandel is paid who knows how much money in this movie to just go. Which honestly, I thought was pretty successful. Yeah. You would never know it was him. You're not going to be like, oh, thank you for telling me that. It's <laughs> That clearly is. like, it's yeah. Unless you are a kid who grew up watching Bobby's World, which I did. And I was like, oh, I recognize that voice. Oh. Mm-hmm. Bobby's World. Because that's also Howie Mandel. That's really how we all learned that that's an accent. One or both of his parents are Midwestern, right? Yeah, like aggressively. Yeah, those like O's that like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that I want to say Sarah Palin, but she's from Alaska. Yeah, but she's got that weird. But she has it a little bit. Yeah, but the three rules for the Gremlins, and I feel like this is like the crux of the movie, is they say one, don't give them any bright light. Sunlight will kill them, and bright light makes them uncomfortable. Two, never get them wet. Three, never ever feed them after midnight. Uh, you find out that if you get them wet, they reproduce by budding I in have, a very grotesque manner. I have one million questions about this. Like, why are those the rules? Yeah. Those are the weirdest rules. Yes. Anything could happen by accident. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, it didn't need to be those things for the story. Yeah. I mean, the whole place. reason there's more than one gremlin is because he accidentally gets water spilled yes. on them. Yes. And then he accidentally feeds them after midnight. Spoilers. Because they break his clock. How do they know what time is midnight? Right. Do you what know what I mean? Like, what in? happens if they cross the time zone? Like, Which they clearly did creatures. because this creature came from China yeah. to the United States somewhere. Somehow. Yeah. And, like, even if they just switched. I mean, I know it's like, I know it's a fool's errand to look for logic in this film. But it's just like when things are so brazenly first Coke thought. Yes. It makes me sad and frustrated about my own career (laughs) to look at movies from the 80s that were just like, oh, literally, like if you had ever made a movie, someone would be like, will you write a script about like little Christmas creatures who terrorize a town and it's like kind of horror and kind of kids and kind of Muppets and kind of Home Alone and mm-hmm. kind of E.T. Yeah. And kind of, um, what else did I say? Total um, Eclipse of the Sun, Little Shop of Horrors. Yes. And then you get to just like, maybe a day is a little uh, excessive, but like I feel like he could have written that in a bender. 
Yes, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Because there's only like 45 minutes of plot and then an hour of just cokey gremlin business once yeah, they just all bits. yeah they all spoiler alert they all get fed after midnight except for the original one gizmo the only nice one who stays nice for no reason that they ever explain if it was like that movie where the beatles never existed and the, the guy mm-hmm. is like what about these beatles songs like if if that happened to the movie gremlins sure and i brought in the screenplay of gremlins to like an mfa level course like mm-hmm. I took. Yeah. <laughs> like I spent money to take. Mm-hmm. I would get so many notes about like, this never pays off. Like you don't explain this. What even is this? Yeah. Like, why are you writing this? Mm-hmm. Like, what is your connection to this? How is this personal to anyone? You know what I mean? Like, what? And e- like even, even if you're writing madcap comedies, mm-hmm. people are going to ask you all of these things. Yeah. It's just frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> Comparison is the thief of joy. Maybe I'm doing that. But it's just like, I don't know. I see stuff that feels like sloppy and like just for the heck of it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, I just had $20 million laying around and I figured I would probably make it back if it had our names on it. And like, you know what I mean? Like yes. no one needed this. No one needed gremlins. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like I read some stuff where it's like, oh, is it like a comment on consumerism? No, no. it's not. I, I can see why you would try to justify it in that way. But the fact of the matter is that it isn't. Muppet Christmas Carol is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like Muppet movie is like, it is possible. Like mm-hmm. that's, I told you that we were going to come back and say, just watch Muppets in space. Like that movie has a point of view. It has thematical cohesion. It has things that are set up that are knocked down later in a way that feels like not just satisfying, but like you didn't think of it. Yeah. It's possible. It's mm-hmm. possible to do that in the past. Yes. It has bits. It has like side quests. It has yeah. like Muppets getting into trouble. Yeah. I mean, the movie. Like you can have bits. Yeah. The movie Booksmart is a movie that is like a series of episodic bits strung together with a story that's pretty simple, but everything makes sense and everything they set up pays off and it's really funny. Yes. This wasn't that. Yes, yes, th- yes. Good example. This is like, like you could make it that if you mm-hmm. workshopped it for like a while and if you like did all the things that stupid books tell you to do with your screenplay. Yeah. But they just didn't feel the need to do any of those things. Or audition the lead? Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, the lead like, actor in this- screen test? Yeah, the lead actor in this, like, did he see the director hit someone with his car and drive? Like, did yes. he witness a hit and run Whose from a producer? Whose girlfriend is he? Yes, exactly. Because he is almost trolls to level wooden. That's a- <laughs> They, they do a lot of close-ups of him where he's supposed to look concerned or shocked or something. And he's giving nothing. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely and you can tell nothing. that they spent hours getting what they got. Yeah. Like, like nada. Yeah. Just like take after take of like, okay, can we see a little more of your response on your face? And he was like, this is what i And I've he'd got. be like, okay, I'm going to squinch my eyebrows a little more. Yeah. And what's wild is, I mean, there are many wild things about this movie, but Judge Reinhold, young Judge Reinhold is in this movie in a small part. And 
I know he's a better actor than the guy who's the lead in this movie. Sure, yeah. Like, they could have improved it a little bit just by swapping Corey them. Feldman's a better actor. Yes, Corey Feldman, who spends a lot of this movie in a Christmas tree costume. Yes. He is dressed fully as a tree. Yes. Corey Feldman, who's also in both of these movies that we covered, we did not know that either. Oopsie-daisy, Corey Feldman's in both. Yeah. And he's pretty charming. I imagine that he just, like, was nailing it in Gremlins, and Chris Columbus was like, come on. Put him in my next one. Yeah. Yeah, these are also both produced by Steven Spielberg, which is very funny to me, that, like, three years after doing E.T., he was like... Is Steven Spielberg also involved with Home Alone, I think? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think so. That sounds right. John Williams is. That was the other thing I was going to say. It makes the difference about Home Home Alone. Yeah. Although you pointed out Slap that... Slap that guy on anything. It's yes. a better movie. Though you pointed out that the music in Gremlins is not bad. Only because it was so bad in Goonies. That's true. Yeah, we'll get to that. Like, all I said is that it was better than Goonies. That's all I said true. is that it was less inappropriate. Yes. Like, I, I didn't really notice it very much. Yes. And it seemed to match... Like, the level of energy in the music seemed to match the mood of the scene. Yes. Which I could not say for Goonies. Yes. I think it's necessary to say about this movie that, like, it is a kind of movie that doesn't really get made anymore. Like, it has 80s movie pacing, which is what it is. But it also is, like, we don't get a lot of, like, family black comedy horror movies anymore. Like, that's That's a combo that doesn't happen anymore. That's true. And I do actually, like, not this, but I do actually kind of miss that. Yeah. I think I really benefited from... Stuff that was sort of like visually appealing to a child, like stuff that was geared towards me mm-hmm. and my child's sensibilities without being super sanitized. Yeah. Or like, I want to say dumbed down, but it's like Gremlins is pretty dumb. Like, it's not really about dumbness. It's more just about like, is it okay to make children feel afraid? Is it okay to yeah. make them feel sad? Yeah. <laughs> like, is it okay to have like edgy stuff? happen yeah in the setting of a kid's movie and i i do feel that that pendulum has swung way too far yeah like back to the future is a good example of a movie that i feel like is targeted at the exact same audience but is just like much more effective at doing what it does yeah because this movie is just it's kind of gory and it's gross in a a way that like a back to the future or even a goonies is like there are puppets getting microwave to death there are I had pup- to leave for the microwave. You did, and that puppet exploded. Like, they put the puppet in the microwave, and I was like, I, like, leapt out of my seat. You did. You were like, I cannot. Because also, we had just watched a puppet get blended. Yes. In a very grotesque way. There was a lot of splatter. Yeah, a lot of, like, dark green blood. Yes, a lot of chunks and a lot of screaming. Yes. And I It was just... not, like, a funny death. It was like, oh, that that was bad. Like, that, yeah. that was a well, hard death. Well, and that's death. what I mean. It's like, I don't know what was I supposed to feel. Yeah. I felt so so adrift yeah like was i because that was like horrifying to me yeah but i felt like i was supposed to think it was funny but it's like then make it funny right there was nothing slapstick about it it was like these five gremlins are trying to kill the main character's mom and so she's got to like stab one to death with a knife throw another one in the blender and microwave Microwave another one. one yeah like um oh i think i brought up at one point men in black yeah that's another great thing to watch Instead. That is like that will like include kids 
mm-hmm. and like ha- have jokes that are funny and is gross to the under ten crowd. Yeah, and it is gross at some times. Yeah, all that cockroach stuff. It's gross. Yeah, but like it's not confusing. I don't know. It's not like uh, mean. Yeah, in the same way or yeah. like glib. Mean it's, is a good way to describe yeah, it. Yeah, like, it's, it's not like vindictive. Yeah, yeah. And it's like they set up some characters to be like really extreme examples of bad people. Like there is a very wealthy lady who for the first 45 minutes of the movie keeps going up to the main character and is like, hey, where's your dog? When I see your dog, I'm going to fucking kill it. Yes. I'm going to strangle it slow. I'm going to kill your dog bad and you're like whoa with my hands yeah i'm gonna fucking strangle your dog to death with my bare hands you little cuck and you're like yo lady what is happening yeah like like, we are 15 minutes into this movie this guy is a bank teller yes extended graphic specific threats yeah on this adorable yes sweet dog yes of a dog yes i was was concerned for that dog i was i was was really so concerned there's a point where that dog gets the, the gremlins okay, hang that dog in Christmas tree lights, not yes. by the neck. But yes. when they first showed, I was like, "Oh my god, they killed the dog!" No, oh my but god, in they the killed the dog! Fucking freezing cold. Yeah. And I and how was I? And it was and it was like gremlins. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. No. 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 <laughs> no. 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 Yeah. Like it's like if it was horror, I would know how to feel about that. I'd be like, "Oh, this shit is heating up." Yeah. If it was Home Alone then like we would have come outside and the dog would have been like visibly like happy to see the person would have been like i'm okay i'm just in these lights yeah like i'm just a goofball dog and they would have been like dog you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. they didn't there's just nothing to grab onto yeah to know if i'm afraid yeah and then while all that is happening they're throwing in all of these like references to b movies they keep like showing b move like black and white b movies on television it's like all anyone is watching and then the dad goes to a they they're like cross-cutting between this gremlin business and the dad at an invention convention where everything around him is just like a big prop from an old B movie. Like the literal robot from Lost in Space is walking around wearing a cowboy hat. Yeah, that was, I didn't clock that, but that was smart. I said at one point that I thought this movie, I think I think B movies are a useful image because I do think that is kind of what it's aspiring to be. And that's why I felt so unmoored. And I think I said at one point that I think that I thought this movie would be better if it didn't have such a big budget. Mm-hmm. I think if it looked cheap, and corny and like just for fun it would be better yeah i think i would understand it better i think we would just all be on the same page Mm -hmm. but it's like the last of us (laughs) it's not quite that good guys yeah (laughs) but like they have i don't know it's just like it's like it's like dressed up pretty good like they have some effects money that they spend on blending puppets like really realistically i don't know how yeah, or, i don't know how or melting a puppet at the end with yes, sunlight i did not like that either no wondering what's inside bad. the puppet yeah it's a it's a gooey skeleton one time i saw i think probably like one of my like core wounds mm-hmm. is when i accidentally watched too much of the fly as a small child oh that's one i've been studiously avoiding yeah I, and i think that you should keep doing it especially if you're seven yeah yes <laughs> but i think that's how i learned to be afraid of like body horror yeah like i think that's how i learned that stuff that happens to bodies could be 
so deeply grotesque and unsettling at like on its own yeah because you know when you're a kid and you like don't and you like scrape your knee a lot and you, mm-hmm. you usually like, can't afford to be squeamish you're always mm-hmm. shitting your pants and like throwing up on stuff like you know like you do <laughs> <laughs> well i yeah i mean i just i feel like it's you're uh you're you're pretty acquainted with like the grossest parts of bodies sure as a child and you don't have a lot of like framework for I don't know. I just, I just don't think that I was like as sensitive to like normal wounds. Yeah. As, as a kid, and I know this because I was allowed to watch anything that I wanted. Same. But the fly, it's like, what if it took two hours for that puppet to melt? Yeah. Like, what if like every phase of that melting was like a really elaborate costume for Jeff Goldblum? <laughs> yeah. Like, there's some phases where he's like growing an exoskeleton. I'm good. I'm <laughs> truly, fully good. Well, that is what that puppet getting yes, hit with that, sunlight reminded me of. Yeah, and it was very like Raiders of the, the Lost microwave. Ark melty face. Honestly, if it just, if all that happened in the microwave is that it popped, is that all that happened? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Okay, then honestly, I probably would have made it. By the time you had walked out of the room, it had happened. It was not drawn out at all. Okay, because microwaves are really gross. Yes. I mean, I use mine all the time. I'm not trying to be like Gwyneth Paltrow about this, but like what it's doing to meat is objectively gross. Yeah. This is also a movie where like we touched on this a little bit, but like the violence is just so like not wink and nod. It's just violent. Like the lead is getting like shot with a crossbow multiple times at the end of this movie by like a little green puppet. Yeah. We never know if those people died of the snowplow. Yes. We see a snowplow enter a a home. Yes. And chase some people around. Chase some people around and smash them into the wall and maybe collapse the house. Yeah. And then we see a call about that come into the police station, but we Mm -hmm. don't know if they called. I thought that they called, and so I was like, oh, they're fine. But then you pointed out it could have been a neighbor, and we never see them again. We don't. And, like, I thought the mom was a goner for sure, Mm -hmm. and then she didn't die. And then did the science teacher die? Oh, yeah. He got he full died. Yeah. He fully died. Also, thing that I thought was going to be more of a thing when I was a kid, and you said this too, science teachers who are actually scientists. Yes. And like um, good mentors and like advocates yeah. for children, like here to be your like pal. Mm-hmm. I thought science teachers were going to be the coolest. Yeah. And they suck balls. They're, they're just like any other teacher. All of my science teachers were uh, pretty much of a disaster. And I went to a pretty fancy school where they were supposed to be cool. I I had a mixed bag, but I had a mixed bag with everyone. Actually, now that I think about it, my middle school science teacher, I honestly, I forgot that until this moment when I was really examining it, that she even taught science because she was so like, because her class was mostly like, are you guys okay? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was mostly just like general middle school stuff. Mm-hmm. which I think is what I'm saying I wanted. So maybe, I guess she kind of nailed it, but we didn't like, we also didn't, I don't think, learn a ton of science. Sure. <laughs> like we didn't like build a robot like the way that it is in 80s movies. Yeah. This science teacher in this movie is uh, trying to be helpful. And so he does a blood test. We never find out what the results of the blood test are on one of these gremlins. Which... Even honestly, just watching the blood test is like pretty brutal. Yeah, because he takes a lot of blood and the cute gremlins are so cute. And that They're so particular... cute and the gremlin is like screaming. Yeah, that particular gremlin is like, I don't like this. Yeah. 
And then that gremlin, gremlin turns into an evil gremlin and is like, well, now I'm going to bite your hand off and stab you to death with a syringe. Yeah, which I suppose is... Comeuppance, I guess? Yeah, like... Do you remember the scene where all of the mean gremlins have Gizmo up against a wall and they're literally throwing darts at him and he's just like yes, so scared? Yes, screaming, yes. Yeah. Of course, there is, I remember There that. is so much like Gizmo being worried. Yes, Gizmo's very worried. And it's like so distressing every time. And all of these terrible gremlins came out of his fuzzy little back. Yes. Like just to really put a bookend on the deaths, I think it was confusing for me that the mom didn't die, but the science teacher did. And then we don't know about the snowplow people because it's like, I just can't tell like, is this a movie where people actually die? Yeah. Or is it a movie where like, People lose the scene and then later they're like wheeled out in a stretcher. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, like so, is like, it Looney Tunes rules or is it yes, alien exactly. rules? Well, yeah, because like some kids movies, it's like, it's like, oh no, the gremlins are winning. But then like everyone's okay in the end. Right. You know, and I felt like that's what it was doing when the mom survived against the odds. Yeah. But then the science teacher actually died. And then the snowplow people, we don't know. So like, I don't think the movie knows because I don't think the 80s knows. Yes. I think the only the only things that this movie had like a pithy cultural comment on is this movie does not like cops. Sure. Like the sheriffs are of all the adults, they are the most bumbling. Yeah, they're bumbling, but they're not willfully bad. The first time they see someone in trouble, they leave. Sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And, but right. that does have one of the best I guess I think, that is basically what I think of cops. One of the only understated fun moments which is the deputy sheriff when he sees santa claus covered in gremlins getting chewed to death he just starts going frank frank uh frank start the car start the car i'd like to i'd like to go back to the station frank 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 please please start the car frank so should we move on to our questions so like obviously i don't think this is in either of our curriculum so we can just dispense with that right now who is this for if anyone still if you if you like all the things that we were just saying like if you want a movie that is home alone but it's men in black and it's mean if you want more um madcap contraptions yeah some shenanigans yeah yeah just like extended sequences of pies and faces figuratively this is for you yeah like i guess if you've watched every muppet movie and you really want and you haven't seen gremlins and you want like another thing that's like that and you don't care if something is kind of glib and inscrutable Mm -hmm. then go for it go off yeah i think if you have a nine-year-old who's like kind of weird and has kind of a dark sense of humor eh, show them gremlins they'll probably like it i frankly just to uh keep talking about what a great job my parents did raising me I suspect now that one of the reasons I did not see this movie is that sort of one of the only things that they screened for consciously or just instinctively was meanness. Mm. And I sort of don't regret that. Like I was allowed to watch things that were violent or sexual or head swearing or adult themes or whatever. um, But I was not allowed famously to watch the Simpsons because it was mean. You know, your nine year old kids are all different. That's what we just said. So, yeah, I mean, if you want to. But I think if I had a nine year old, I would discourage them from watching Gremlins, not because it's too scary, but because it's just not the kind of humor or storytelling that I would want to foster. Sure. And if someone came up to you at a party and was cornering you to talk about Gremlins, what would you do? Uh, get drunk. Sure. Shots. <laughs> 
Yeah. I think if I met a full-grown adult who said that their favorite movie was Gremlins, I'd be very concerned, but I don't think I would find that. I think if someone wanted to talk to me about how good Gremlins is, I would certainly be like, all right, I'll play in this space with you, but uh, explain to me how it's not better than a Muppet movie. Yeah. Like any Muppet movie. It would speak to me. I would be looking for that person to prove to me that they are not as confused as the movie is. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like I, I would expect this movie to be the favorite movie of someone not immoral, but amoral. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not, but that that's what I that's what I would be looking for mm-hmm. from them. If it's a favorite, if it's like a nostalgic, you know what I mean? If they if they came to it as children, like I, I wouldn't be surprised if Tony Bill and Tony really likes this movie, actually. Sure. Because I feel like it could be fun, like gateway horror. OK, yeah. I guess. OK, no. All right. I take it back. If you have a nine year old that seems to be into horror, mm-hmm. but you're not quite ready yet for like Halloween. Scream. Yeah. 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 No, that then that's... actually I do think this could be like a fun like lily pad mm-hmm. on the way to grown up horror movies if you're coming at it from that. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot of Gen Xers who have a soft spot in their heart for this movie. Yeah, totally. And if it's just like something that you remember like watching with your friends a lot, like I get that too. Mm-hmm. But if you as a grown up adult <laughs> mm-hmm. are like, this is my favorite movie, like I've found nothing that does what this does better. That's, That's crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I feel like then you're either chaotic or uh, arrested or honestly, almost certainly both. Sure. Yes, <laughs> I think that is true. Okay, should we take a break and then come back and talk about Goonies? Sure. All right. And we're back. Okay, so Goonies. So I feel like we did talk about it a little bit. Yeah. I also definitely said that I am no longer ashamed for thinking these things are the same thing. I definitely thought that both of these movies were the gremlin puppets in the Goonies cave. I was picturing the setting of, I don't know where I got either of those images. Sure. But I I did know like little pieces of both. And I just like, because I didn't know the difference, I thought that they were the same thing. (laughs) So yeah, I spent I spent all of Goonies expecting little creatures to show up and they didn't and that's okay. Yeah. I would say of the two, I I it, I didn't dis well, I kind of disliked Goonies, but not I, in any not not with nearly as much like emotion behind it. Yeah, if we're if we're talking about like going back to what I said at the beginning of Gremlins, if we're talking about why movies don't work anymore, I feel like the reason that Goonies doesn't work is because it's kind of dated. Yeah. And not because And I do think that it's a little sloppy and a little padded also. Yes. Like there's definitely. too there's too many bits, too many shenanigans, same and same it ends for like thirty minutes. Too many inventions. Yes. But it does have a point of view. Yes, it does. It does have themes mm-hmm. and characters and pretty solid kid actors. And stakes. Stakes, yes, real stakes. And like I knew how I was supposed to feel about all the bits exactly as they were happening yeah so yeah and some of the bits were fun it could have been i think goonies actually could be a movie that basically holds up if it were shorter i think you could like make a cut of it yeah a 90 minute cut of goonies would be very solid 70 sure (laughs) um though you would probably if you wanted to screen it for a modern audience and not have a significant amount of people just recoil in horror you would need to cut sloth out of the movie entirely Oh, Uncle Lump. Yeah, there's not really a way 
there's not really a way to deal with that. Like this, this movie is a weird romp of a kids movie with some of I'm gonna say some of the worst disability representation I have ever seen on camera. Yeah, it's pretty um, it's pretty upsetting. Yeah, I did kind of like his articulated ears i did really like his articulated ears but that's not what i was gonna say i kind of liked his little like redemption story sure and the fact that he wears a superman shirt. like yeah like i think it sort of made sense for like it like if you can just accept that these these two joker joey pants and the other guy robert Dobby that their and Joe third Pantoliano. brother is just like not a human being yes is <laughs> just like some kind of like fairy tale ogre yes a fairy tale ogre then his story his plot line is like pretty solid yes it's just unfortunate that her the mom was like oh yeah this is because i dropped you multiple times when you were a kid well and it's like but it's he's not a fairy tale ogre like, no he's not he's, he's a, a person he's a human person. he's a human person who they keep chained up in a basement yeah of an abandoned house yeah and he has like like a a, a face that's not a regular face a, and ears that are impossible frankly. <laughs> yes yeah yeah and like and uh some amount of like learning just some sort of like cognitive cognitive like he's, thing. yeah he's not he's not he's not operating on a plane of existence that everyone else <laughs> yes is, i think is a fair way to put it yes also i think a lot of people would be like yo the fat phobia in this movie is deranged yeah well and i i wasn't super comfortable with the asian stereotypes either yeah like they're all pretty broad strokes yes but i mean i i i think that is just the 80s yes. you know what i mean like yes. i think that i mean not to excuse it but i don't think that that's like uh i don't think this movie was i think it's it's just of its time yes. I, don't, I don't think it was like reaching for anything I don't, I don't think it was like trying to be like edgy or like shock jockey i don't think it no. was like it's like, just the shit how, you did like in the 80s. how far can we push the envelope like i think these were all just stock characters that everybody accepted as like mm-hmm. the way that you write children you have a fat one yeah, and his name is Chunk. Yeah, ugh, I I wish you hadn't told me that because I was gonna get it wrong in a bunch of amusing ways. Huh. <laughs> Maybe I still will. Um, I just now I, I'd gone back to stamp, and then I was like, no, I already tried that. It wasn't right. Is it stump? <laughs> yeah, throughout the movie, just at random intervals, you would just look over at me and Ari, and with no prompting, just be like, clunk, <laughs> clunk. Yes, I thought it was clunk a bunch of times. Yeah. Okay, also, but the reason that I needed to know his name is that he's so fashionable. <laughs> okay, yeah, let's talk about how the Fashion kids... King. <laughs> yes, Chunk. Clart. <laughs> Clart. Clat. Yeah, Clat. Um, we are New York. Yeah. <laughs> That's for you guys. Um, yeah, Chunk dresses like every ad for Wild Fang I've ever seen, and that's not a read. He's wearing like plaid pants and a problem print shirt. Yeah, with, like like a, like a floral short sleeve button down. Yes, and then he's got like a mop of sandy tousled hair and like fun sneaks. Yes, with like plaid, not jeans, like just plaid, plaid pants. like flares. Yes, like bell bottoms, but yeah. not about no, like flares. Honestly, yeah. And then a little red windbreaker. Oh, yeah. I liked his jacket, too. Yeah. Yeah. We, only... Once I said that, Ari was like, these kids are all, like, lesbian yes, fashion icons. goals. Yeah. Yes. 
Yeah, look up a picture of all the kids. You got like Mikey with his Canadian tuxedo. Yeah. Um, Corey Feldman with his pompadour and band tee serving Cameron Esposito down. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a real lesbian. Yeah, the big brother with the like muscle tee. He's the only one who I feel like might not be like you might not find out in the wild now just because he was very 80s. But like there's definitely elements of that that you would like you wouldn't see the headband anymore. But everything else. Yeah. Also, uh, Martha Plimpton serving Barb. Yes. Serving Barb realness. Yeah. Yeah. You were like, I think they just took a picture of Martha Plimpton in this movie and showed it to the Duffer brothers and were like, this is Barb. Yeah. No, I am shocked at how many things we cover on this podcast. I'm like, I'm glad I saw that just so I understand Stranger Things better. And like, I thought that with both of these movies. Yes. And like, I feel like I bring up Stranger Things like every other episode. And like, I am not that show's number one. Like, I forget about it when it's not, or I think I do. Like, I'm not, I really enjoyed the first season. And I've kind of been like, since then, I've kind of been like, well, I just watched this now. Like, like, I don't know when they're shooting. I don't, I don't wait with bated breath. Yeah. And yet whenever we watch something from the eighties, I'm like, oh, they drew on this too. Mm-hmm. Like, and it honestly makes me respect the show more because it's like, like Hot Fuzz or like Shaun yeah. of the Dead, but without telling you, yes. without talking about it constantly. Like it is like doing the thing for serious, but mm-hmm. it's also like drawing on so much stuff that came before. Yeah. Not just a couple things. And I just like, it's, it's cool. And it's just a fun part of cultural literacy. Yeah. And I would go so far as to say, like, if you are interested in either of these movies and you haven't seen the first season of Stranger Things, just go watch the first season of Stranger Things. I think Mm. it's better than, it's going to be more enjoyable. Also, can we talk about the cast in this movie? Because unlike the last movie, the cast in this movie is fucking stacked. Yes. Star studded. So almost all of the kids have gone on to become famous. So the kit, there are five boys and two girls in this movie. The kids are Sean Astin, Kehue Kwan, a recent Oscar winner, yeah. Corey Feldman, Josh Brolin is the older brother. Chunk is the only one of the five boys who did not go on to have a film career, and he became an entertainment lawyer. Yeah. Um, and then of the two girls, one of them I do not recognize, but the other one, as you said, is Martha Plimpton. Yeah, the other one I thought I did recognize, but it turns out she just really looks a lot like Emma Watson. And she does. She had, I looked her up, she had a few more credits, but yeah, I think she didn't really stick with it. Yeah. But she's great in it. And I do think that I was impressed by how much the movie gave those two girls to do. Yeah. I thought they were going to be like funny props, especially the Emma Watson looking girl, because she was set up as like kind of the slutty one or whatever. The sex object. Like the fact that like she really saves the day two times. Two times. She plays the piano. Oh, yes. Yes, she's that's right. One, she's the piano she's player. the one who knows piano. Mm-hmm. And that's like a really like clutch moment. Yes, that's true. And then there's there was something else with like, does she think of the marble bag? Yes, she's the one who empties out the marble she bag. She thinks of the marble bag. Yeah, she does That's stuff. a lot. That, yeah, that's that's even like like grown-up action movies of the times were a lot of like sexy lamp at best. Sexy mm-hmm. lamp who trips yes. more normally. Yeah, and she does have a couple moments where it's like, uh-oh, she's the first one getting captured by the counterfeiters. Yeah. Can we just say this? I know we mentioned who the actors are. The bad guys in this movie are called the Fratellis, and they're <laughs> two brothers and their mom. They're literally, and Fratelli, if you don't know, in Italian means brothers. So they're the brothers' brothers the brothers and the brothers. brother's mother. Yeah. <laughs> which I think is very funny. Yeah. 
Good for yeah. them. And one of them is Joe Pantoliano. Yes. And the other one is a famous character actor who became a mm, Yeah, I've seen him before. Crazy I didn't supporter. I didn't even I like looked at Joey Pants and I was like, I know him, but he looked different enough even from like the Matrix. Yes. That I was struggling yeah. to know exactly who he was until yeah. we Googled it. Well, it came up in the credits. We were like, Who is that? Who is that? Who is that? And oh, yeah, like, yeah, and yeah, also Joe Pantoliano. We yeah, were yeah, like, yeah. There it is. It is. It's Joey Um, Pants. The opening sequence of this movie is so fun. Credit where it's due. Like That's true. The prison break and then the car chase and the driving along the beach. I was like, this is is great. I'm having a lot of fun. We haven't mentioned what the plot of this movie is. The plot of this movie is a bunch of people's houses in Astoria, Oregon, which if you've never been there, is just like a tiny town on a windswept rock. It's a rainy cliffside. It's a rainy cliffside at the mouth of the Columbia River where the Columbia River meets the sea. So there's a giant river and not much else. It is uh, not conducive to what they want to knock these houses down for, which is a golf course. That's insane. Yeah. You would never put a golf course in this town. No. But in order to save their part of town, these kids, the day before their houses are going to get foreclosed on, decide to go on a hunt for buried treasure. They also, it's like not clear that any of them have a place to go. Yeah. Like they keep saying like, today's our last day. Like it's our last day all hanging out together. But mm-hmm. like, are they moving to another city? Like none of them, say, certainly Sean Aston and his mom, like they're talking about like packing up the house, but they're not talking about like where, like going to the new house. And yeah. like, they haven't even signed yet this contract. Like there's this whole thing about like whether they're going to sign to sell the house. It's like, yeah, sign to foreclose. Yeah. So like, but like they got to, somebody's got to give them, don't you get compensated when somebody buys you out to buy a golf course? Not when you get foreclosed on. But are they getting foreclosed or they, are they getting like... Um, they keep calling it foreclosure. Okay. Which I think is what do you why... Call it, what do you call it when the city just... Oh, eminent domain. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I thought they yeah, were Yeah, that you need to get paid for. But foreclosure, yeah. no. Foreclosure, the whole point is you haven't Because they're making a golf course. But like what a coinkydink then that they're making a golf course out of like people who... Only people who couldn't pay their more like I think it's because it's like the bank president is trying to do a new business venture, so he's foreclosing on a bunch of people who have mortgages. It's just with the him. point is that it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't. Super it doesn't matter. matter, but it is a little like. Burr. And then they and run then afoul of these counterfeiters, the Fratellis, who uh, keep their yes, brother who locked also in the basement. Uncle Lump. Yes, who also then get put on the trail of buried treasure because Chunk gets captured by them, and since his only character trait is hungry, yeah. he is bribed with ice cream, yeah. essentially, and, and spills well, the beans. and, and kind uh, of like waterboarded? Um, threatened to put his hand in a blender. Yes, yeah. Yes, and then he starts, there's a very funny scene where they're like, tell us everything, so he names every bad thing he's ever done, which is funny, but then he starts eating it's ice like cream. farting in church. yeah. Or, or fake throwing up in a theater that makes everyone throw up. Yeah. There are things to like about this movie. This movie does do some things well. Yeah. The kids are pretty charming. The kids are pretty charming. They Sean Astin doesn't have the greatest line reads. He's probably the weakest actor of all of them. And yeah. he has the most to say. He's so cute. The He's camera loves cute. him. Like, I, I get why they cast him. But he is not the most... Agile. I mean, especially in a post Stranger Things universe. Like, I just yeah. feel like kid casting and kid acting coaching has developed so much that, mm-hmm. like, just being a comfortable, cool kid ain't gonna cut it. Doesn't anymore. look like much from where we're standing now. But he is those things. Yeah. And I feel like he's good when, like, they give him all the emotionally affecting lines in the movie. Like, he's the one who's always like, Goonies never say die. This is our time. 
He's good at all of those. It's the thing he's, where he's very like, earnest. Yeah, yes, because he's very earnest. It's the same reason why, like, 20 years later, he'd be a good Samwise, because he yeah. just, like, you get the sense that he really cares about what's happening. And a good Winona Ryder's boyfriend. Oh, yeah, Bob. But you know who is good is uh, Kehue Kwan. Oh, my God. What Fantastic. a star. Such a star. He doesn't always have the most to do, but he's no, but just anytime, so charming. Anytime they cut to like five kids' faces in a shot, like all reacting to something that's going on, like your eyes just go right to him. Yes, he's he is like really, in. he's really believable. Like he's in, he's invested in the scene in a really like honest mm-hmm. way, but yeah. also like over the top hammy. He's like he's like perfect for the project, honestly, yes. and for any similar project. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I would say the, the my main criticism of this movie is that one, it's 30 minutes too long. And two, the way it was directed was in order to save time, they just had all of the kids talking over each other all the time. Like yeah. there's a lot of chatter and a lot of noise. A lot of, yes, yes. That's one of my main criticisms too, is the noise level. And it's like, it is, the score is also very busy. I think I alluded whoever to in the- Whoever mixed this, whoever the sound mixer for this movie was, they need to go to jail. Yes. Like, yes. this is, this is not cool because it is five people and music and sound effects all happening at an equal volume. And the music is always like at this really like frantic pace. Like it's also the composer, whoever like was scoring it is just like, it's so frantic all the time. And all the kids are always yelling and they never stop yelling. Like even in the calm scenes, they're yelling. And mm-hmm. even in the calm scene, like, and then when the kids aren't yelling, the music is still like, there'll be quiet introspective moments where the kids like, like look up over something and make eye contact and the music will still be like, like, it's like, it's so busy. It's so busy all the time. And all their mouths are so busy. And I I feel like they're trying to make it like real. Yeah. Like conversational. Yes. Like, I feel like it's, they're trying to give it like that elementary school vibe. Yeah. Of just like saturation. Yeah, that like David Mamet, everyone's talking over each other, except without all or the cursing like, and misogyny. Or like Tony Kushner even loves to have people talk over each other. David Mamet loves to have people interrupt each other. That's true, yeah. But yeah, just like what if just two conversations went on at the same time? What if no one waited for the person before them to finish their line? Yeah. Like, and like that's a fine tool to employ sometimes, but it happens so often in this movie that like It's relentless. Yes. By the time this movie ended, I was I literally went and just like sat in my room in silence in like darkness for ten minutes. And that that's is the what only I reasonable response. Yeah. I felt like it was, um, even though the actual situation was pretty, like, jumbled, I sort of liked the uh, class consciousness yes. of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I liked that, that it was kind of a, like, central tenet of, of, the, of it. Yeah. That they're, like, proud, yeah. proud pores. <laughs> yeah, proud goonies. Yeah, proud, proud homeowning pores. Remember yeah. when that used to be something? Remember when that used to be homeowning pores? I remember that very distinctly and very personally. Yes. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, we don't do that anymore. Yeah, that's true. Thanks, subprime mortgages. Mm. Anyway, I feel like this movie, it does do some stuff that I like. It has moments that I like. There are moments that are legitimately funny. 
there are moments that are legitimately charming. It's just like so much and so relentless that by the end I was like, I, I, I can't anymore. Like, please let it end. Please let it end. I think if we'd watched Gremlins first, I would have been like, what a breath of fresh air. That's true. But we watched Goonies first and I was like, this is chaos and I don't need it. And then we watched Gremlins and I was like, dear Lord. <laughs> yes. Oh, no. <laughs> so much worse. Yeah. So that's how I feel about it. But I it, it, I, it's, I don't feel nearly as strongly. Yeah. This, this one, I feel similar to how I feel about Pixies, which is like, Pixies is not for me, but I feel like it's not for me because I missed the boat on it and other stuff yeah. has come along that I'm more interested in and not because it is bad. Yeah. You know, this is getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but like if I was talking to someone who was in their 40s and they were like, I love Goonies, I'd be like, yeah. of course well, we, we love Goonies. Get it. We can get it. It could be time to yeah, say yeah. that. Yeah, no. So like if I was talking to someone in their 40s who was expressing that they loved Goonies, I'd be like, well, of course you love Goonies. Like yeah. that came out when you were the same age as the kids in Goonies. Well, and I think the, the latchkey, like the Gen X thing of being mm-hmm. unsupervised. Yeah. Like not only was it there for them to imprint on, but, like, I see how it really speaks to a generational experience. Yeah. And I respect that. Yeah. And this movie, had I been a little bit older or been shown movies in a different order, I would feel about Goonies the way I feel about Hook. Sure. Which is, like, does it totally hold up? Absolutely not. Am I going to have fun with it every time I watch it because I really enjoy it and I've watched it a million times already? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, think, I think Hook is a solid well, Hook also does parallel. the same thing of like, here are some deeply dangerous adults who are defeated with nothing other than the power of plucky shenanigans. Yeah. Like these adults, like these kids are shot at multiple times by adults with guns and they are defeated by nothing more than like some slap fighting and well-placed rope. Yeah. You know, like that's- The power of friendship. And the power of friendship, exactly. Yeah. And a, gi- a giant. Yeah. A giant fairy well, tale creature. No, okay, but the power of friendship. Yes, exactly. Who, like, they, like they have won this giant to their side by being kids yes because chunk like, and the power sloth of, have bonded over their love of candy yes it's the power of friendship and also just the power like the magic of childhood yes like there's just inherent like you 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 carry a little bit of magical currency because you are a child mm-hmm. and that's i think that is part of hook and um just a really like intoxicating thing to tap into as a kid's movie if you can yes um and yeah whoever whatever whatever did that for you as a child and your like age group as a child is probably gonna stick with you so i i, I get that about goonies yeah and so i feel like that's bringing us into like who is this for i think it is for well, Gen Xers who are nostalgic. Yeah. Or our friends have a two and a half year old who is the busiest boy. He's yeah. very sweet, but he's very busy. Yeah. And he loves nothing more than a Needs lot a- of sound stimulation. Yes. So I'm like, show him this movie. He'll probably enjoy yeah, no, it. Yeah, no, I feel like we're, I, I'm kind of um, talking myself. It, I didn't really enjoy watching it, but I, I wouldn't say, like the thing that I was like, I would be careful what kid I showed Gremlins to because like that's just not the kind of like, storytelling aesthetic i want to foster like i would like go ahead show him goonies like i i it's not my favorite mm-hmm. but if i showed it to my kid and it happened to like catch their fancy like there's way worse things that you could watch a hundred times yes like i you know i think it's it's a nice little kid story i mean i don't I, there are okay i think we said in the before times that there weren't gonna be any girls <laughs> that's true yeah there are two girls and that's nice i do find it frustrating how long the trope of the like 
circle of boys, <laughs> the, the, the like group of boys mm-hmm. being like the most interesting and heroic, like it, like being the center of things. Yeah. How long that has persisted in filmmaking. I find that frustrating. Yeah. But if you're going to do it, like you could do worse. Yeah. These yeah. guys are pretty like, there's not a lot of like boys will be boys stuff. Mm-hmm. They're kind of is with the older brother a little bit. Yeah, but even the older brother, I think, is like kind of like he's definitely treated by others as being in the same category yes. with them. And I, it seems like he doesn't like it, but he's also like, okay, yeah, you know, like all right. I do want to quickly touch on two things in this movie since we were talking about it in Gremlins. Things that I thought would be more of a thing as a kid: one, Rube Goldberg machines, because there are several in this movie. Yes, and two, because Chris Columbus has yes. some kind of like. Hard on for Rube Goldberg machines? What is his deal? I don't know. Like, he, it's pathological, his obsession. With, like, gadgets. Yes, with faulty gadgets and, like, shitty ideas. Yes. It seems like that is the most interesting thing to him. And that every, it feels like all these movies are just, like, a case, just a holder for him to, like, make a crazy machine that toasts your toast. Yes. That is that is true. And the other thing that, and I said this to you when we were watching it, something else I thought was going to be more of a thing when I was when I was a kid is pranks by high school boys that are just attempted murder. Yes, <laughs> because there is a point in this movie where uh, Josh Brolin is riding a bicycle meant for a tiny girl. Don't worry about it. And someone drives up that next he to- stole from a tiny girl by picking her up off of it and just like setting her. To yes, the side, and I, I think it's Data's sister, which is already pretty. Uh, Yes. Of a thing to do. Yes. As a child to another child. Yes. Some high school kids see him and basically drive him straight off a cliff. Yeah. He's fine because this movie clearly plays by Looney Tunes rules. Yes. Where like, if you are not explicitly murdered, you're gonna be fine. Yes. Um, So he flies off a cliff and is fine in the next scene. Yeah, like if your head is still on, you're good. Then you didn't break any bones. Right, exactly. I went into high school thinking that like people just randomly beating the shit out of you was gonna be a thing. And it yeah. obviously was not because that would be an insane way to run a public school. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that that's just like things in these movies that I'm like, oh yeah, I really did think that that was going to be a bigger part of my life, including almost getting killed by jocks. Yeah, 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 yeah. yes, jocks. They're yeah. just going to like run you off the road because they think it's funny. Or like- To even, like impress a girl. They're kind of, yeah, there is a scene where they're, uh, they, they think about going up the well or whatever. Uh-huh. And they're like, they're like, we're stuck in this well, please rescue us. And the high school boys at the top are like, no, like what? Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. You heard someone? Your girlfriend? Question mark? At the, like, a girl you are interested in fucking? Yeah. Is at the bottom of a well. Like, questions later. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they, like their first thought is not, how did she get there? How can we help her out? Their first thought is like, would it be funny if we kept her in there longer? And mm-hmm. then they have to, like, convince them to, like, lower the bucket or whatever. And it's just like... I guess they didn't directly cause that situation, but it still is like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's very strange. I guess this might be less of a straight up or down. Is this in your curriculum? I'm looking at it a lot more favorably after this conversation, um, but I'm I'm going to say no. it's not it's not in mine, no. Yeah, I'm going to say 
It's maybe optional. Yes. I think I'm comfortable saying it's optional only because like if you're coming to it for the first time as an adult, I think you're going to be like, what the fuck is this? But if you've got some kids who you think will be into an adventure movie, yeah, show them this movie and I think they're going to have a great time. Yeah. And then those kids, if they enjoy it the first time, will probably go back to it again and again. Yeah. I don't know. There's just like things that I would probably choose first. Yeah. This would have to be, I guess that's what I mean by optional. Like we would have to be like semesters in before I got to Goonies. Yeah, I would show Hook before Goonies, but that's also because I have an emotional attachment to Hook and I don't have an emotional attachment to Goonies. I right. feel like if I had switched it, I would make a different Oh yeah, choice. absolutely. All right, anything else you want to say about Goonies? No, I don't think so. I mean, red or green flag. Oh, I feel like it's we a- We sort of said who's it for, but like, yeah, how, do you, like how do you feel I about think those people? Particularly if the person is- of a generation where they would have watched this as a kid, I feel like that's a total green flag. Yeah, if you so say too. it's your favorite movie ever, I'm going to arch my eyebrow a little bit, but it's not a red flag to like this movie. No, it's not a red flag, but I am not going to... Uh, you do not need to be embarrassed if you have not seen it. If someone is At this like, point, yeah. If someone, and this is one that that comes up. This is one that I have literally been pretending about because people say, oh my God, you haven't seen Goonies? So now I get to say, no, I have. But if you haven't and someone says that to you, you can say with a proud straight face, no, I haven't. Yeah. And like, <laughs> and, I think that's okay. And it's okay. Like, I'll get to it sometime, but I, I have other things in my life that do that job. Yes. That's you- a totally fine thing to say. Don't let that bro make you feel some type of way. Yes, exactly. All right. Where can people find you on TikTok? At Trash Analysis. You can find me on TikTok at Anxious Arch Faye. You can find the show on various platforms at Sophisticate Pod. Please continue to tell your friends about us and don't forget to like and subscribe and rate. It really does um, help us when you do those things. Yes, yes, it really does help us when you do those things. It's very motivating. It, it really uh- is. <laughs> yes, it very much is. So uh, until next time, that about does it here for us at I'm a Sophisticate and So Can You. Until next time, good night and good luck. Rup.